You're listening to How to Succeed in Evil, Crazy Psycho Murder Tree. Chapter 17, The Offer. Are you crazy? I mean... Really, are you crazy to sit there with a straight face and want to sign that monster as a client? Asked Topper. Even if I did get him to sign, that thing would just balk your face off. Edwin said, I am certainly the sanest person you know. If the world is crazy around me, that is certainly not my fault, nor my concern. As any rational actor, I seek profit, and there is tremendous opportunity to create value with the bogus. You realize that tree man is friggin' crazy, right? Yes, said Edwin. An irrational predilection for murder is a common thing with our clients. But the deal we have to offer him is so advantageous that he would have to be truly insane to turn it down. You weren't paying attention at the trial? I thought you were supposed to be some kind of genius, Wiley Coyote. You know what he calls people like you and me? Meat mines. And he's very angry about Roundup. Glycophosphate is a problematic herbicide. A lot of people share this view. No, I think we can say that he is violently eccentric rather than truly murderous. I don't get it. I mean, he has to be the most wanted plant in the history of law enforcement or gardening or forestry or, oh, God damn it, I'm not going any farther with this crazy analogy. It's so fucked up, there's no use trying to be eloquent about it. Even if you do get him to sign up, what can you do with a tree like that? Pulp him and write ransom notes. That's all I got. So what are you going to do with a crazy murder tree on the payroll? There are hundreds of thousands of structures protected by state and national historic registries. These buildings are, by law, almost impossible to update or tear down. So valuable real estate is trapped by inefficient, outmoded regulation. Developers will pay top dollar to have this problem solved. And the Bogus can solve these kind of problems with his unique and ultimately untraceable abilities. He puts down roots damages the foundation, withdraws, and the building collapses on its own. In the unlikely event that a forensic investigator is brought to bear on the disaster, hey, old buildings fall down all the time. Looks like a tree ruined your foundation or a sinkhole. These things happen, said Topper. Exactly, said Edwin. On top of which, there's the insurance money. Edwin shook his head. Small change. Too much risk for too little return. Hey, small change can sweeten a pot. It can be quite a motivator for grubby little men. Take it from me. Yes, thank you. I will take it under advisement. There's just one thing, said Topper. How are you going to keep him from getting caught? One tree looks to the untrained observer very much like another. Flora is by definition low-key. If we keep him safe from termites and herbivores... Low-key, Topper exploded. Are you kidding me? That is a plant that is just dying to give somebody a lecture. No way he plays it quiet. It should not be too hard to persuade him. I'm saying I don't think it can be done, and I'm the guy making the persuasive argument. Money is the most persuasive argument of all. What does a tree need with money? Will you or will you not negotiate on my behalf? In addition to a percentage of his earnings, this would be your starting salary. Edwin slid a white card across the table. Topper looked at the number written on it. It had a lot of zeros in it. So many zeros that he couldn't hide the surprise on his face when he looked up. Edwin explained, 
At Windsor & Associates, we are in the business of making a difference in the world. And that difference is measured in money. Oh yeah, sure, I'll get the bogus to sign whatever you want, especially for the money. I'm just saying, by the time this is all over, it's going to be all tears and toothpicks. Edwin stood and extended his hand across the table. Topper stood on the chair and shook hands with him. Edwin said, deal. Yeah, deal. I mean, good deal. But look, if this goes sideways, like this thing with the tree guy, you can't blame me, right? He's nuts. Or at least, give me a second chance. See, I want this job. It would be great for me. It would give me something I haven't had since, well, never. Fun. Edwin looked down upon the smaller man. I was almost certain you were going to say revenge. What? Revenge for what? What do I want revenge for? Revenge for everything. I don't want revenge. There is no hate in your heart? No. I mean, we could get it biopsied, joked Topper, but Edwin did not smile. Good. Because there is no profit in revenge, and as such there is no place for it in this consultancy. I hear you. Living well is the best revenge. All else is wasteful and irrational. But what about... There are no buts, Topper. This categorical is imperative. Okay, said Topper. No revenge. But I'm going to have to Google that whole categorical imperative thing. Kant, said Edwin. Yes, I can. I can look up all kinds of things. Immanuel Kant. Categorical imperative. Oh, yeah, I knew that, said Topper, even though he didn't. So give me a copy of the contract and tell me where our newest client has taken root. Gone out to seed or gone out on a limb. What's the right metaphor here? Edwin slid a folder across the desk. Everything we have is in there. Topper took the folder and tapped his chest with it as he said, Right! Small mammal, on the job! Agnes reappeared, carrying a small black case. With a nod, she ushered Topper out of the office. As they walked back to the lobby, she stopped and indicated the only office in the hallway that had an unbroken set of furniture in it. This will be your office. Anything you need, ask someone else. I am a secretary, but more in the sense of a secretariat or secretary of state. I am most certainly not your secretary. So how many other associates are there here at Windsor and Associates? At the moment, no one. Which makes it a good time to add that the last person to occupy this office was terminated for carelessness. Oh yeah? What'd he do? He was so careless as to be exploded by one of our clients. Former client? A very lucrative client who is, I am happy to say, still with us. But your concern is rightly founded. We've recently changed our policy on this matter. You may not, under any circumstances, attempt to kill an existing client of the firm without express approval. Wait, what? But, as we do recognize that bringing in new business is an inherently dangerous endeavor, you are permitted to defend yourself if necessary. Well, thanks? She handed him the case. Topper opened it and found a kind of pistol with green fluid in the handle and tipped with a stout needle. Agnes said, Zerum diazepran, absolutely lethal to your Balkan friend, only to be used in case of emergency. What could go wrong? asked Topper. In fact, what couldn't go wrong? Thank you. You may thank Mr. Windsor. I deemed it a needless expense. 
In the lobby, Topper headed for the stairs, but Agnes pushed the elevator call button and it lit up. Topper said, The elevators are broken. The elevators are in perfect working order. One shouldn't place too much faith in random signs. You mean, it was a test, said Agnes. One way or another, everything is. And what exactly were you testing, asked Topper, stepping into the elevator. Oh, don't worry, said Agnes as the elevator doors were closing. You failed. Agnes stood in the... Agnes stood in the lobby for a moment, staring at the elevator doors. Edwin walked up behind her. Agnes said, I must congratulate you, Edwin. He is the perfect pint-sized patsy, practical, travel-sized, and utterly disposable. I'm not so sure about that last, said Edwin. Agnes looked aghast. You don't really mean... An odd thing he is, indeed. Odd? He is an absurd and obscene character. He does not fit in our world at all. He's a package of disposable silverware that one might acquire from one of those horrid American fast food restaurants containing nothing but tissue paper thin napkin and one of those... containing nothing but a tissue paper thin napkin and one of those barbaric spoon-fork combinations. When nothing else will do, you're glad to have it, yes, but it is to be discarded after you've finished the utter abnegation of culinary tradition that is soft-serve ice cream. One certainly does not bring it home and wash it and place it in the chest with the fine silver. I appreciate your passion, but in Topper we have no mere spork. There is a will to power there. And what have I, said Edwin, looking down on Agnes from his great height. I am not scaled to fit this age. Is that proof of my unfitness for my work? Would you give me over to Procrustes for adjustment? But really, Edwin, how could you ever hope to trust him? This is a dangerous game you play, perhaps the most dangerous of all. Oh, I think not. The great game is played by the East India Company. I am not interested in a history lesson, Agnes snapped. And then she said, I am sorry, Edwin, but I just don't see it. Your plans are always so carefully laid, machinations and efficiencies tightly interlinked, each part a cog in a larger machine that multiplies the output of your original idea. This just feels so one-dimensional. Or have I overlooked something? Yes, said Edwin. And then he explained his plan to Agnes. As he did, Agnes's dour frown melted into a smile then sublimated into laughter. And when he was done, she heartily nodded in assent. Edwin asked, So now you approve of my plan? You think it will work? Oh, no, heavens no, she said, struggling to regain possession of herself from the fit of glee which had overtaken her. It would be fine if it did, but now I am almost certain there is no way that vile little man will survive. Thank you, Edwin. Truly you have put an old woman's troubled mind to rest and warmed the cockles of my high-mileage heart. Edwin returned to his office, ducking through the two doors on the way. He stood at the window, and his eyes were drawn away, as they always were, to the magnificent skyline of the city across the river. There, thought Edwin, there were buildings constructed on his scale, places in which he wouldn't have to genuflect while passing through doors. Places large enough to contain the scope of his ideas and the sweep of his ambition. The higher place from which a general 
could plan his campaign.